0: Good morning. So thankful to be here today and what a blessing it is to praise our Father together in this assembly. We're so thankful for you all and thankful to meet you today. Uh, So thankful that we were able to hear a wonderful lesson by my son Brennan. He encourages me daily by his love and his passion for the Word and for the way that he presents God's Word in such a bold fashion. We're here today because of God. We have time. T-I-M-E. Time. 710 times we read of the word time in God's Word. Don't waste your time. Use your time how? wisely. Using our time wisely. That's the key. Because life is short. We don't have a lot of time, but we have some time. And the time that we have, we need to use it for God's glory. And we can do that. The time that we've been given is the time that we are privileged to serve and what an opportunity it is to be in Christ. And to proclaim His message. Moses writes in Psalm 90. Turn there with me please. Psalm 90. The 90th Psalm. When you get down to verse 10, Moses writes, The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they they be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow? For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even in the according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. And then verse 12. So, teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto what? Wisdom. That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So teach us. Who's the teacher? The Lord. Who are the students? It's all of us. We have the privilege of reading Moses' words here. And the Lord is the teacher. We are the students. What's the lesson? Teach us, Lord, to number our days. The time that we have. Teach us, Lord, to number our days. That we might apply our heart unto wisdom wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing the Proverbs writer tells us. Brother Webster says it this way. Learn to count your days to make your days count. That's well put, isn't it? Learn to count your days so that you'll make your days count. The time that we have on earth is brief. It's It's a a short time. James puts it this way. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go go to the city and and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. That's the lesson. It's It's brief you have... The, cer- the uncertainty of life here. You don't know what's going to come tomorrow. The brevity, the vapor. Of, of course, we think of the illustration of, of a boiling pot of water. Perhaps you're making macaroni and cheese. The good kind, you know, with the, the blue box and the, the powder. That's the best kind, right? But when you have that water that's boiling, you can see the steam coming off and then it's gone. Water, it just evaporates because of the heat. That's how quickly our life goes. Listen to the vitality, though, and the accountability that we have from the time that we've been given. And this is, comes from uh, Burton Kaufman. He, he writes in his commentary, This is a prayer that God will teach men to live as dying men should live always taking account of the brevity and the uncertainty of life and of the inevitable accounting, therefore, before God in the final day. That's why we live our lives. We're going to be judged. Brennan so ably brought that forth this morning that God's Word will judge us. When? On the last day. What's the application of this lesson? Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. So this morning, let's focus on a few questions. If that's, the, if that's the principal thing, if the application there is wisdom, we need to know what wisdom is. We need to know why we need wisdom, and we need to know when to use it, as well as to how. So we'll look at the what, the why, the how, and then the now. The what, the why, the how, and the now. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 2. What is wisdom and what shall we do? We need to seek it. We need to seek wisdom so that we won't waste our time and we'll use our time how? Wisely. Proverbs 2, 1 through 11. My son... If thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart unto understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hidden treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the ways of His saints. Then. Then. Now, notice this. This is a very vital concept that everyone in this world needs to understand. Cause and effect. If, then. Those two are connected. Verse 1 says, My son, if thou will receive my words, and then verse 9 says, Then. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth, Into thine heart. And knowledge is pleasant unto you. Unto thy soul. Discretion shall preserve thee. And understanding shall keep thee. What? Seek wisdom. Seek it. Search for it. Look for it every day. James would say pray for it. Ask God for wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowledge applied. It goes this way. First you have knowledge. Then with that knowledge, the application of knowledge is wisdom. But watch carefully. Just because you can apply your knowledge does not mean that you've arrived. You must take that wisdom and apply it and that's called prudence. Knowledge Wisdom, and the application of wisdom is prudence. To be prudent. To find a way to take what you've learned and to take the choice that we've been given and the opportunities thereof and to use them wisely. That's wisdom, that's prudence. Coming from knowledge and understanding. If then, that's what wisdom is. Now watch what wisdom does. Wisdom is seeking you. Turn to Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8, 1-7. through 7. What a great contrast we see in Proverbs 8 and Proverbs 7. Proverbs 7 is, sin is seeking you out. But Proverbs 8, more though so is wisdom. Wisdom is searching for you. Wisdom is seeking you out. Crying out for you. Starting there in verse 1. Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth, this is wisdom personified, she standeth in the top of the high places, by the way in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O ye simple understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Here, you notice that? Here, use your ears for the reason why God gave them to you, to listen. For I will speak of excellent things. Has wisdom not done so? Has wisdom that I'm holding in my hand, has it not given us excellent things? And thy opening of my lips shall be the right things, for my mouth shall speak truth. And wickedness is an abomination too. My lips. Skip down to verse 11. For wisdom is better than rubies. And all things that may be desired are not to be compared with it. Wisdom is seeking and searching for you, crying out. Are you seeking and searching for wisdom? To increase our wisdom, to apply our heart unto wisdom. That's the principal thing. Learn to count your days. That's the lesson. Every day that you live, make a tally mark. Say, at the end of my day, say, look what I've done from beginning to end. I have an opportunity. Did I make the most of it? We can go to God and ask for wisdom. And I... Would advise, as does Scripture, pray for it every day. Are you praying for wisdom every day? Should we? Yes, we should. We have an opportunity to pray for wisdom. Are you making great advantage of that? Are you taking that time? If not, why not? Wisdom is seeking you. Are you seeking wisdom? So that's the what. Now let's look at the why. Again, thinking about cause and effect here. Think about the cause and effect. Paul wrote to the to the church at Colossae. He wrote in chapter 4, verse 5, Colossians 4, 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Don't miss this next phrase. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Note the cause and effect here in Proverbs 4. Go back with me to your Old Testament. Proverbs chapter 4. Back a few chapters. Verses 4 through 9 reads, He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. And... She shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Do you see the cause and effect statements here? Let's go back and get them. Keep my commandments. What's the effect? Live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline thy words. Forsake her not. And what's going to happen? She will preserve thee. Love her. She will keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, watch this, and she shall promote thee, cause, effect. She shall bring thee honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She shall deliver to thee. Isaiah writes this in Isaiah 33, 6. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is His treasure. Did you notice the word here, stability? What does that mean? To find stability. You may say, well, I need to find stability. I need to be able to stand. Can you have a chair that has two legs? If you sit just right, it's going to be able to stand, keep you up. But if you move just a hair of an inch, you're going to fall backward or forward or sideways or or other side. But when you have three legs, what happens? Well, when you put them in a triangle shape, you're going to be able to put that stool or that chair and sit with stability. What happens if you put four? That's even more stable. What about five? Have you ever sat in a five-legged chair? I've not. But I can imagine that it, it would be very stable. You wouldn't be able to tip me over. What about six legs? Let's go even further. What about a chair that has seven legs? Would you be stable then? You would not be able to be moved. Notice what the Proverbs writer says in Proverbs chapter 9, and verse 1. Wisdom... Hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her, not one, not two, not three, not four or five or six, seven pillars. That house is not going anywhere. It's built on seven pillars. Now, I love what James does in his letter to the Christians, to the early church. They're in Jerusalem and scattered abroad. James mentions all seven of these pillars in my estimation. James chapter 3. Turn there with me. You don't want to miss this. You need to, you need to mark your Bible at Proverbs 9 1 and connect it to James 3 13 through 18. The Proverbs to tells us that there are seven pillars of wisdom. And we need to have every one of them. And every one of them point to a specific human being that came to this earth that was perfect in all ways. Yes, Jesus is wisdom. Jesus, in the book of Proverbs, has been crying out for you. And Jesus is our stability. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his work. With meekness and wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom is not from above, it's devilish, it's earthly, it's sensual. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, it's gentle easy to be entreated it's full of mercy and good fruit without partiality without hypocrisy the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for them that make peace those are the seven pillars of wisdom why we must find stability we can't have it if we don't apply what we know So therefore, how do we do it? Brother Joe, how then do we do that? How can we apply wisdom? How can we get it? How can we seek it? Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1, 7 and 8. In Him, we have redemption. Through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, which He, God, He made to abound toward us. In all wisdom, Christ is wisdom. And in prudence, the application of wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. Teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not that shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a, a, a ship a, in the sea that a, a wave in the sea that is just it's, it's not stable. It's tossed to and fro. James talks about this man being double minded. Ask in faith. Let them ask of wisdom. Now, there are a few different terms that this word ask would mean in our New Testaments. It's all throughout the New Testament. But one of the renderings, it's interesting that it translates or is defined by the word crave. Plug that in there. If any of you lack wisdom, Let him crave of God. Let him ask on our humble knees with our eyes lifted to the sky or maybe even down because we we can't seem to get our eyes up because we need him so much. That we are so thankful for him that we're begging and craving for his wisdom which only comes from his word. So when he asks of, from faith, what are we going to find? Someone who's going to the text. Someone who is opening God's word. Who is going to the revelation. Who is putting in the time. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That word study can also be translated be diligent. Crave. It can also be translated Do your best. Can you do that? As a matter of fact, that is what we can do. There are things that are out of our control. There are things in this life that we cannot control, but there are things in life that we can, and it starts with the person that you see in the mirror. You can control you. You can control the way that you think, Don't let anybody tell you anything different. When you seek God's wisdom, you're seeking it from His Word. As Brennan said, it's not going to come to you as a small voice or, oh, God is speaking to... No. God is speaking to us, yes, right here, through His Word. And we have the opportunity to redeem the time. To walk circumspectly, Paul would say in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Literally, to walk in circles, looking around you. Redeem the time. You cannot recycle time. You can recycle plastic or paper, aluminum. But you cannot recycle time. Once you've used it and spent it, it's gone. You can't get it back. So use your time wisely. Ask, crave, pray, seek, search, study. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. So then, what's the now? When should we do this? It would have been great if we would have started yesterday. Or maybe 30 years ago. But the next best time, if you didn't do that, is right now. Now is the time. Now we can seek. Now we can search. Now we can crave to redeem the time that God has given us. And what a blessing it is that we can hear God's Word. God has spoken he sent his son. His son is the Logos, the Word made flesh. He dwelt among us, John 1, 1 through 5 and verse 14. He also is our redeemer. He came that we might obey his word, that we might read it and hear it and heed it. Matthew 7, seven twenty four through twenty five records Jesus telling the end of his speech, his great sermon on the mount. Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Did you catch that? You don't just hear it. The one who hears it and does it is likened to a wise man. Did you get that? A wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. That's the wise man. What did he do? He heard it. And he did it. He did what he heard. We can do the same thing today. God is speaking to us through his word. He calls upon us to preach his word, preach the truth, preach the word. 2 Timothy 4 2. Jesus not only said, You must hear, but in his plan of salvation, Jesus said to believe. John 8, 24, he was speaking to the Pharisees and those who were listening. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am, I am, Jesus was telling them right here and now, I am the great I am. Ye shall die in your sins, if you don't believe. Is believing necessary for our salvation? Absolutely. We can't believe if we have not heard. But Jesus also tells us that we must repent. Luke 13.3 I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. Repenting. Repentance is the turning of your mind. the, The changing the way that you think. A way that you think and you do a 180. And you think the opposite. Knowing that you have sinned. And knowing that the way is in the word. And that there's only one church. Jesus said, I will build my church. Not my church is. There's only one way. One truth and one life. And that is Christ. John 14, 6. But Jesus also said we must confess. In the limited commission, John, Jesus is speaking to his apostles. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever will deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Paul would say on the same accord, for with the man, inspired by the Spirit, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But Jesus said, You must hear. You must believe. You must repent. You must confess my name. You must be baptized. For the remission of sins. It's not an option. It's not something that you're saved and then you're baptized. It's a part. It's a culmination of the process. It is doing what he said. What did he say? Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Jesus is our authority. If you would follow him, if you would seek and apply your heart into wisdom, you will follow and become a learner, a disciple of Christ. Jesus told them that we're listening. If any man will come unto me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Will you follow Jesus today? Will you apply your heart unto wisdom and will you therefore obey what you have heard and that wonderful plan of salvation? If you need to come home today, we have men here that will pray with you, pray for you. <laughs> if you would like to study God's Word on a deeper level and get to know more about that, we have men that will study with you. They would be so thankful to sit and open their Bibles and share with you more from God's Word. If you've sinned and you need to make sin known that you've done and you need to come come forward publicly or privately, please do so right now while we stand and sing a song of invitation.